Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I'm your host, Ken Romeo, and with me, after a long break, as always, is my co-coach, Mr. Andrew Triago. Andrew, how are you doing, man? How's your April break I'm going? I'm doing great. April break is going swimmingly. Uh, recording this on a, on a nice, quiet Tuesday, um, and uh, the weather's getting good. It's a... Uh, it's a good time to uh, talk about Quiz Bowl. So, and it has been all year. Unfortunately, we haven't. I, I do want to apologize. We've, in the past, tried to put these out monthly during the school year, but uh, this year, this year has been a little different uh, and a little difficult for me. I'm just dealing with some some stuff uh, going on at home, and um, just forced me to kind of reprioritize. Uh, and uh, but it's good to get back doing this it's good to good to have you here this is actually the first time mr t and i if it sounds a little different i don't know why it would but if it does sound a little different mr t and i are actually together in the same room and we haven't done this since february of 2020 yep yeah yeah it uh it has been a while um and uh, we had to get the old soundboard out of the box uh thankfully we wrote a, a little cheat guide for ourselves about which buttons need to be turned on and which switches need to be toggled and it only took us 30 minutes to get set up so, uh, we're, we're a, a couple of, uh, naturals here. So on this episode, we're calling it playing your best. And the goal today is, uh, not to learn how to practice and not to learn the best techniques on improving your play by carding or taking notes or something like that. We have other episodes out there for that. And there are other guides out there for you. But what else could you possibly do in order to make sure that when tournament day comes, you are going to play at your best? So Mr. T has uh, three big strategies for you in eating, self-care, and friendship. And so on today's episode, we're going to talk about how Eating, self-care, and friendship can help you play at your best, whether it's quiz bowl or any sort of brain sport. Sounds great. Let's get into it. It's time to take a look around the country and dive into the tournament results that have been posted. All right. First up, we have the Spring Forward 14 Middle School Academic Challenge from Gallatin High School in Tennessee. Now, if you're looking at stats, just keep in mind these are done with the lightning round. And there are no negs. But the University School of Nashville A, they are a powerhouse. They go 9-0 to win this tournament. They were the Tennessee State Champions, and this is their eighth tournament victory of the year. Of note, Evan Shee of White Station Middle School is the tournament's top scorer. He averaged over 120 points per game. The University School of Nashville is coached by Richard Rosenthal, Wilson Hubble, and Justin Fitzpatrick. The Spartans Middle School Invitational also happened on Saturday, April 1st, uh, but there's no fooling. Green Hill went 9-0 take first place at this competition. Uh, they had class victories over St. Mark's School of Texas B and St. Rita A in the preliminaries and were dominant in the playoffs. Green Hill was led by 7th grader Amon Marcani, who averaged 115 points per game. Uh, awesome job, Amon. And shout out to Sybil Padambalam and our friends at Green Hill. Green Hill is poised for another very deep run at next month's MSNCT. And the last one we'll take a look at today is the Gladiator Open. 
The 2023 iteration took place on Saturday, April 1st at St. Mary's Visitation School in Elm Grove, Wisconsin. This was MS45 Quest Academy. They beat Keith Country Day 350 to 340 in overtime in round nine to clinch this tournament. They finished two wins ahead of the field, including the 2017 national champions from Aptekissik. Charlie Volm of St. Mary's Visitation is the tournament's top scorer, averaging over 93 points per game. Quest is coached by Lisa Grow, and a shout out to Ch- Shivani Ganeshan, an attendee of our virtual quiz bowl camp that we ran during the pandemic. So the title of our episode uh, is Playing Your Best. And Mr. T, you always talk to our kids about, you always show them this graph of you know, the range that one team can play and the mm-hmm. range that another team can play. And even if statistics would give another team a clear advantage, the ranges, if they overlap, there's always a chance. Yes. And this is the problem with, like analytics and that's the it's a big buzz phrase now in sports everything is analytic driven and everybody is just a sum total of their statistics but there's so much more that goes into preparing for a tournament than looking at statistics and understanding well this is their points per game this is our power percentage this is how often we neg there's so much more players can do to get ready other than carding and reading and writing questions. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about like what we can do to play our best. And, um, and in particular, um, you know, this, you, you helped write an article, um, for someone who played in a magic tournament. Yes, I did. Right. And while there's a lot of differences between quiz bowl and magic, there are a lot of similarities in that you are sitting and concentrating for a long period of time. And there's, there's nothing adrenaline. There's not much adrenaline can do for you, mm-hmm. but there's so much that you can do to prepare. Yeah. I've, I've also talked to a few friends who play a lot of tournament chess at high levels. And, uh, the conversations that those people have are, uh, really eye-opening for me when it comes to quiz bowl. Uh, there's things that I think anecdotally, anecdotally, I've stumbled upon as really helpful and useful, um, and I just wanted to bring those to the the front of the conversation because I think uh, a lot of people who read that article uh, and a lot of people who, um, uh, myself included, like started to really see those things presented uh, in this way, began to realize, oh, I sometimes I just don't think about those things at all. Sometimes uh, I just have never considered the effect that that has on me. And I think uh, the real mistake here is is not not realizing, uh, not thinking about these things. Um, and so uh, I think talking about them is the best way to, to solve that. Uh, I think right, so for... I've, I've carded, I've studied. Exactly. I've, I've watched YouTube videos. I've, I've read old packets. I've written my own packets. Mm-hmm. What else could I possibly do to succeed in a long, grueling So uh, one of the um, the speeches I always give before uh, our Charter Oak tournament is uh, when I see you in round three or four, To our, especially I emphasize this for our sixth graders who have maybe never played in a tournament before. When I see you in round three or four and you tell me that uh, you maybe lost a round or you lost two rounds, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. And based on the answer to that question, I'm either going to say, well, you did your best or that you did not prepare correctly. Uh, and 
the the question that I tell them I'm going to ask them is, what did you eat for breakfast? Uh, it is a very big cliche that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Uh, but I have seen players sometimes almost brag about the fact like, oh, I've been, you know, playing for six hours and I haven't eaten anything all day and didn't eat anything for breakfast and I'm falling asleep here at my buzzer, but I'm still here and I'm still winning. And it's like, that's great. But if I could ask uh, a genie in a bottle for the best quiz bowl opponent that I'd like to play against, I would love for my opponent to be, have not eaten anything all day and to have not, you know, taken those breaks and taken care of themselves. Uh, so I think the best thing you can do is uh, what I tell our players to do at nationals and big tournaments is make sure to eat and drink something between every single round. Uh, it doesn't have to be an entire four course meal. It could just be a half of a cliff bar or a Kit Kat bar or, um, you know, some trail mix, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, I personally am a big fan of, uh, you know, bringing my own water bottle, just a big one and, and just having that and making sure that I drink that across the course of the entire day. Uh, I think that eating and drinking kind of can become secondary when you're in the moment and you're really in flow and you're really thinking about answering as many questions and getting them all right. Uh, but I have seen the effect that this has on uh, players over an extended period of time. And uh, it is it is incredible the, the amount of difference in uh, how well you will play. And and, uh, and it only costs a couple bags of trail mix. The, the cost is very negligible. So what do you say to people who... Well, you know, the argument against this might be this isn't a, a physically demanding activity. We're not mm -hmm. this isn't a lacrosse tournament mm -hmm. or a football, you know, a, a football game or, or a soccer tournament or something like that where, yeah, you are going to sweat a lot. You're going to expel a lot of energy running up and down the field or, up and, or running up and down the court. So why is it just as important for this as it is for any of those athletic activities? I would say it's it's at least as important, if not more important, uh, because your your brain needs glucose to run, it needs glucose to function, uh, and uh, you don't want to like spike your blood sugar by just like you know uh, having something really really sugary like a slice of cake or uh, like uh, you know five slices of pizza. But you you need a steady supply of energy. Your your brain is consuming calories at all times, um, especially when you're thinking very hard in chess at high levels. Uh, players often report like. Uh, that they have uh, burned as many calories in a day of sitting down and thinking hard uh, as someone who maybe has been swimming in a freezing cold pool all day. So you absolutely need those calories. And if you are not getting them, then you are not playing at your best. You are not as focused and as uh, optimally prepared as you could be. And you are really doing a disservice to the self that has spent all that time carding, spent all that time studying, spent all that time reading questions. Um, I would rather our players... Uh, set aside some time and uh, make sure they have snacks for that day, make sure that they uh, sleep well, which we'll get to next, a little bit about self-care, um, then, you know, spend that last hour or two, you know, grinding on flashcards. So back in the day before the pandemic, when we hosted our own tournament, we would actually provide breakfast for everybody. We would provide bagels and cream cheese and butter. And I guess we, we might start doing that again in the future. Um, but anytime we take a road trip, for, for instance, last month we went to the Warrior Classic in Pennsylvania. We, we stay at a hotel. We have to find a place that provides free breakfast because if it's not free, there's a chance that some people might just skip it. Yep. But if it is free, like, oh, no one turns down a free meal. And we certainly want them to um, 
prepare themselves for for a long day of of competition. So I know you're not a nutritionist and neither Mm -hmm. am I, but what would you recommend someone have the morning of a full day tournament? Uh, I have a banana every single day. Uh, I so I recommend some some sort of fruit, apple, banana, whatever floats your boat. Um, and then uh, my guess would be uh, after that, if you're not lactose intolerant, then a glass of milk is usually a good 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 bet. Uh, I am lactose intolerant, so, but I still have a glass of lactated milk. Um, definitely, you want to have some sort of protein in there. Uh, there's a huge difference between a a meal that doesn't have protein and a meal that that uh, that does. Uh, so if you can have some sort of a sandwich or, um, you know, bacon, if, if that's something that you do, um, then uh, that is that is something that will last you most of the day as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, a bowl of Fruit Loops is great, but I don't think that's going to get you very far, uh, especially since, like like we said, one of the goals um, talking to people who play chess for an extended period of time is making sure not to spike their blood sugar because that has a corresponding, uh, like, slope downhill that comes after that. Uh, you really want to just have a steady supply of energy, and that usually comes from things like trail mix or granola or oats. So, okay, and then snacks throughout the day, and not like M and M's, but you mentioned trail mix. I I love some M and M's mixed into some trail mix. That's great. <laughs> uh, but I am personally a huge fan of Cliff Bars. Uh, I think they're great. I like the chocolate chip ones. Uh, the mint ones have caffeine. If you're someone who you know uh, drinks coffee. Um, I think that they're they're kind of more scientifically formulated by people much smarter than than I am, um, but I've seen trail mix. I've seen um, people uh, bring um, all kinds of things with them. Like uh, I I've seen people uh, bring basically like a big thermos of chicken soup with them and just kind of sip out of that over the course of the day. Uh, and I I think that's a really smart play because I see a lot of people. Uh, complaining after they lose about how hungry they are. And I don't think that that is uh, anecdotal correlation. I think they probably lost that round because they were thinking more about that than whatever, uh, you know, capital they were supposed to get on that last question. Okay. So then we fast forward to lunch. And if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you know that Middlesex has a rule at our tournaments. We are not allowed to have pizza for lunch at a tournament. And that came from, that was... Not my rule, although it, I have I've adopted it. That was from our other head coach, Mrs. Ivy, who saw after one lunch break in a tournament years ago where we stuffed our face with pizza, we fell asleep. We just spiked and uh, and fell asleep, and we could not play up to our potential, and we ended up losing a tournament that we probably should have won. So we have a rule. No pizza for lunch at our tournament. We love it when we go to other people's tournaments and other teams are ordering pizza. Mm-hmm. We've actually offered pizza at our own tournaments for teams, and this was, again, pre-pandemic, in the hopes that plenty of people would just stuff their face with pizza because we knew that that was an advantage for us. So we either tell kids to bring bring their own lunch or when we are traveling, we order out and... Uh, one of our favorite places to order from is Panera, free advertising for Panera. But, you know, they their motto is like fresh, clean food, mm-hmm. and they have really nice, delicious sandwiches that, are, that won't weigh you down. Mm-hmm. So that's, in my mind, that's the 
best thing you can do for lunch, a, a salad with chicken or, you know, a nice chicken salad sandwich, you know, grilled chicken sandwich. Perfect. How about you, Mr. T? What would you uh, say? I love like a good like bowl from Chipotle. I think that's an excellent, you know, source of protein. Uh, you don't have to go too heavy. You don't have to scarf it down in, in three minutes flat. Uh, but, you know, I think um, having that, uh, I know one of the, the things that I love to get if I can get it uh, is um, any anything with rice and chicken is, I think, just a good, like, very filling, but also you, you don't feel like uh, you need to go take a nap afterwards. Um, I would say also, um, I think a lot of people come into tournaments without a plan at all of what they're going to eat that day. And if you have no plan about what you're going to do, uh, for lunch or dinner even, um, and you have planned for what happens when they say pen and paper ready and it's a computational math question, or you've planned about how you're going to beat this other team that, uh, you know, maybe they ha- you know their strengths and weaknesses, you've played against them a bunch of times. Uh, you've spent all this time practicing and planning. Uh, I cannot emphasize enough how much of a disservice it is that you are not planning for something that is inevitable, that over the course of the day, you are going to get hungry. Over the course of the day, you are not going to be playing at 100%. You're, you're, you're almost like a, an old generation iPhone. I know because I have one. Uh, you, you look at it and it, you know, it, it's only been an hour or two, but you're, it's already at 85%. And then by noon, it's already at 60%. And then by the time you're driving home, it's at 10%. Um, and uh, I think people overestimate their ability to, um, to play at their absolute peak. Um, and uh, I, th- I know for a fact, like, for example, for me, I, I uh, really love when tournaments start early in the day. If there was ever a quizable tournament that started at, like, 2 or 3 o'clock, Are I you think serious? I would, Are you I serious? would you, have you an have... absolute <laughs> we nightmare had to... of a time. Okay, so a couple of years ago, when we were flying to Chicago for Nationals, we had to book a, a flight at noon because somebody couldn't get out of bed early <laughs> enough. So now that That's now that fair. I hear you say this, Andrew, we are yeah. taking we are taking the 6 a.m. flight. I could do I could do an early morning flight, but I I just know that I um if I am going to spend all day and I and I think this comes from from teaching for 5 years now. Uh I my body has kind of gotten used to the end of the day being around like three or four o'clock. If I have to do really strenuous mental uh, gymnastics at, at seven or eight o'clock, I know for a fact I'm not playing at my best. Uh, and I think um, it's uh, you know it's all about making a plan. Like, do you have a plan about what you're going to eat that day? Because if you don't, then your plan is going to fail. Right. Let me also say this too. You should certainly plan on what you're going to eat. But it's also very important to plan on what you are not going to eat. Make sure you avoid Absolutely. things that might give you indigestion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Probably, uh, probably one of the biggest pieces of advice I got from um, my friend who plays tournament chess was: there is a rule among a lot of top tier players, is which is they say never experiment the night before a tournament. Like there's there, there's this is not the time to to try something off menu or try a new place that you've never had before. Uh, even if it it seems safe, uh, it it you just don't know how that's going to affect you, uh, and uh, that could lead to disaster. So try to be extremely hyper consistent about uh, all of the food that you're eating the day of a tournament or the day right before uh, is uh, is absolutely you know uh, things you've had before. Like think about marathon runners. Marathon runners always have spaghetti, and it'll be like plain spaghetti with like just a little bit of sauce, and like uh, they they have all these rituals that keep them as consistent as possible uh and then 
I think uh, Quiz Bowl is just kind of lagging behind some of these other uh, mind sports uh, and physical sports, for that matter, uh, when it comes to like, oh, well, hopefully there's a McDonald's nearby or hopefully there's a, you know, some sort of restaurant nearby that we can grab some food real quick. I guess I can say that middle school age students are or middle school age kids, their bodies are very resilient and they can handle a lot of things that I at 40 cannot. Yeah. But when you think about all of the work you've done to prepare for a tournament, you just don't want to be derailed by something as controllable as what you put into your body. And and that's the point that Mr. T is, is trying to make here. So you also mentioned something about having a tournament really early in the morning, and that mm-hmm. would require getting uh, enough sleep. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, um, sleep and self-care are uh, is the second point that I want to talk about, just your physical stamina. Um, I'm sure that there are some quiz bowl athletes who could play the equivalent of like a Michael Jordan flu game uh, and be really impressive and, you know, power a bunch of questions, even though they were sick uh, and sneezing and all over the place, but you don't have to do that. You could just, you know, be healthy instead and make it a lot easier for yourself. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is uh, probably sleep the night before uh, having some sort of a routine that you always do um, uh, the night before a big tournament, because obviously anxiety or stress could be something that, uh, you know, you're concerned about. Uh, but I think uh, I think for me, one of the biggest things is uh, having a, a regular sleep schedule. Uh, I use a sleep mask, which uh, makes me look like a grandma, but I also, you know, sleep like a rock. So I'll take that trade. Uh, and, you know, I, I've talked to friends who have like blackout blinds or things like that. And I think a, a sleep mask is one of those things that for some reason isn't as uh, popular in our generation or younger generations. But, you know, there's a reason that the older people use it, which is that it works like uh, your brain is, you know, processing that light really early on in the morning, like five or six a.m. Uh, and if you have a sleep mask on, you just sleep like it's, you know, pitch black out all the way up until your alarm goes off. Um, so that would be one concrete thing that I'd recommend. I'd also say all of the physical activities that you do outside of uh, Quiz Bowl and school uh, will help you with your your ability in Quiz Bowl. Uh, it is uh, extremely common to talk to chess players or poker players uh, who uh, they started to play really seriously and competitively. And then the first thing they did was they uh, lost a lot of weight or they got in shape. And the reason for that is you are, you know, running a marathon essentially by uh, doing mental activity all day long, right? And if your body can't sustain that because, you know, uh, maybe you uh, were like me and you, you ran a, uh, you know, 13-minute mile when you were in middle school, um, any kind of physical activity that you do at all will help you in Quiz Bowl. Uh, even if it is, you know, going for a brisk walk, even if it is, uh, you know, maybe you swim, maybe you uh, do gymnastics, whatever, anything that, that helps you be in better physical shape will actually, uh, you'll you'll see your score in Quiz Bowl uh, also uh, improve. Ken, do you have any, anything to add as a, a well, former I, I, I'm softball just, coach? <laughs> I'm just trying to put myself in the, in the mind of a kid that's maybe going to nationals for the first time mm-hmm. or something like that, and they're staying at this hotel, and it's... It's not the same bed that you're used to. It's not the same pillow you might be used to. Mm-hmm. And all of your friends are there. Maybe you're traveling with a team. Maybe your parents aren't there. Maybe you're just traveling with a team. And it's it's hard not to let the excitement get the better of you. Mm-hmm. But just keep in mind, the tournament will end. 
and then you can do all of that stuff afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. So we were just talking before about eating and how we, we probably should stay away from these sugary things. Hey, when the tournament's over, go out for ice cream. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and and when you are 13, like get the large because you know your body can handle it. Um so you know, we're we we're, we're trying to offer you uh some some tips to really like that that slight margin uh that that you know might be the difference between you beating a team that's better than you and, and not these are the few things that uh, might work mm-hmm. and so i i know it's difficult to go to bed at nine o'clock mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're when it's the night before nationals and you're in a hotel and all of your friends are there but hey you want to beat you want to beat the top teams. You want to beat the mm-hmm. hunters and the long fellows and, I tell and you stuff. That those That's top teams are all in bed, and they like uh, the. I think my proof positive for all of these things is very much like. Uh, imagine you could uh, you could choose your opponent, right? If you could choose your opponent, you would want someone who didn't eat anything for breakfast and hasn't eaten anything all day, uh, doesn't really have much physical stamina, doesn't really you know uh, hasn't really done the self care that they need, right? Didn't get very good sleep the night before. Um, it ate some weird exotic food yeah, the night some before. Might have some food stomach the night issues. Before. Like, I think anyone would be confident going into that. Um, but I think um, uh, when it comes to self care, there are other things too that um, you need to know about yourself, right? Um, like, for example, something that was a really big um, uh, difference for me, just in my life, genuinely. Uh, and friends have made fun of me because they they're like, "Do you have like an Amazon affiliate link for this item that you keep, you know, kind of shilling and like?" talking about like it's the greatest thing in the world uh but i i had kind of like a a transformative experience when i realized i was sitting on uncomfortable chairs all day at school uh some of you might be uh you know at at a school where most of the chairs are uh you know these heavy metal things that are kind of uncomfortable and not really suitable for sitting in for long periods of time Uh, and when you're at an event or a tournament you you know the they just kind of use the chairs that are there um I, I kind of had a what I like to affectionately call a, a men in black moment because I, I love that scene in Men in Black where Will Smith drags over the table. <laughs> right. All the other. <laughs> so there's all these uh, like army and navy and, you know, uh, elite candidates are about to take this written test and none of them has anything to write like on. They don't have and a surface to write on. Weird, like, they're all sitting in these weird chairs. like egg shaped chairs and he spies a table on the other side of the room. And he just goes over and loudly drags over this heavy metal table all the way over so he has a great place to write on. And he's like, if you want some, I have more room at the table. And they're all like, Ugh. So I think you have to look for those opportunities where there's changes that you can make that um, to your environment that will suit you better. Like I've, we've played in tournaments, in tournament rooms where uh, there was like a microphone system on. And before we even sat down, I was like, there is a, a weird buzzing coming from the ceiling would it be possible to play in the room next door, right? Um, I've played in rooms where um, there was like a projector unplugged and it was making like a high-pitched whine and I unplugged a whole bunch of things from the wall until the the whining stopped so that we could sit down and play, right? And like the players might not have noticed that, but if there's even a chance that it affected them, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something about it. Uh, but to, to bring it back to the item that I <laughs> uh, should have an affiliate link for, uh, it's this like $20 gel pillow that I got off Amazon. I keep one in my car. I have one at work. I have two at home. Uh, and I've probably gifted away five or six of these to friends of mine. 
um, people who, if, if someone says uh, something about back pain in the vicinity of me, uh, probably within a week or so, they will be gifted one of these. Uh, I gave some to my parents because they were on going on a long drive from Connecticut all the way down to Florida. Um, and they said, you really saved our butts. Honestly, uh, the, those seats were, were incredible. Um, they're made from the, the same material as those bed commercials where you can sit on an egg and the egg doesn't break. Um, this kind of like a honeycomb type gel material. But I think it's just, it's not even necessarily about this pillow in particular. I don't think that this pillow is going to, you know, make you win nationals. It's more about, do are you controlling the variables, right? Are you controlling the variables like, did you sleep well the night before? Did you eat something that you're going to be able to consistently, uh, you know, feel good the next day? Uh, are you controlling those variables like, hey, I'm sitting in an uncomfortable chair, right? Are you controlling those variables like, I brought pencil and paper with me, so I don't have to use a golf pencil that someone handed me at a, a post-it note, right? Um, so I think as many of those variables that you can control about yourself, the self-care, physical stamina, eating, uh, those things will all make you better at Quiz Bowl. And those are all things that I think a lot of people overlook. So if you are listening to this podcast, then uh, uh, you are you are already uh, kind of on the other side of a threshold that a lot of people will not get to. A lot of people will say, you know, I, I studied the flashcards as much as I could, and then I slept five hours, and I ate, you know, three slices of pizza, and then I, you know, I uh, got 16th place, and there was nothing I could do about that. Yeah, I, I, I um, one of the things my wife and I do at um, after the kids are in bed is we watch Jeopardy that we've DVR'd. <clears throat> and if the kids are in bed early enough and I'm awake, I can actually get many of the questions but if it's later and i'm falling asleep you know there's i'll see a question like oh i i should know that one uh, awake ken would know that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and then they'll say the answer like oh yeah that's right like it's it's very true um is how sharp your mind is and you know th- this activity is all about being able to process things quickly hearing a clue being able to turn that into you know we talk about the 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 net in your mind the the web mm-hmm. um, connecting the dots connecting the right dots and if if you're not prepared if you're tired if you're hungry if your mind is on other things like back pain or something like that a split second could be the difference between you processing the question correctly and someone on the other side so the the third thing on your list here Mr T is Friendship. Yes. Tell me about that. So uh, I think one of the things that uh, I've had the most rewarding experience, and I think is is incredibly rewarding for most people who play Quiz Bowl, is the friendships that you make from all the people that you you meet up with at these tournaments. Uh, if if you are there just to crush people and you know you know uh, crush their dreams, I guess that is an experience you could have. Uh, but a much more rewarding one, in my opinion, is that um, you see all these people that you haven't seen for a long time. Uh, maybe you only see them every couple months. Maybe you only and, know them uh, on Discord. Exactly. Maybe you only know them on Discord. I have, uh, you know, uh, ran to a lot of people, a lot of coaches, and uh, obviously through this podcast, it's a really wonderful experience to meet people who only know us through this podcast. Um, but I think that that experience of tournaments isn't something that you should neglect. Uh, one of my favorite things to do at tournaments, absolute like peak of the experiences checking in with friends and their teams and seeing how they're doing right uh, a win for your friend is just as good as a win for you uh, they can tell you about oh yeah this question i we powered on this question because oh this person that's her favorite book and 
those are really positive experiences. It, it's helping the whole community. Um, uh, I think more of those conversations, the more friends that you have. Um, if I can shout out a player, I'd shout out Mihan, uh, someone who, uh, if uh, if they're, I think, I don't know what the Facebook limit on friends is, but I feel like they would be <laughs> approaching the maximum at this point um, because uh, they, they seem to know as many people uh, on as many teams as uh, exist. Uh, so yeah, I think is... they were in the team picture the year Churchill won. For Nationals, right. for a few other teams, right. yeah. Um, and you want to be that kind of person. You want to be someone who other people want to check in with and talk to and notice. Um, and uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you are, you know, uh, uh, an intimidating player that people don't want to play against. It can be someone that, uh, you know, this is a really cool person that I want to hang out with and, and spend time with. And if you're going to spend all this time practicing, if you are going to, uh, you know, really have Quizbowl be something that you do seriously, uh, you have to enjoy the people you spend time with, right? Uh, it, obviously, Ken and I and Barbara and all these other coaches wouldn't be doing this if we didn't really enjoy spending time with our players and enjoy the content and uh, enjoy the experience as a whole. So I think if uh, if you're a player who uh, maybe feels a little bit disconnected about Quiz Bowl or maybe feels like you're not getting as much out of Quiz Bowl as you'd like, uh, try to make as many friends as you can on the other team, right? Every round that you play, more than just an opportunity to you know get another win in the win column, is also an opportunity to meet four more people. Uh, I also wrote down, know what your friends know for this one. Um, I think it's a, it's a really big uh, thing with vulching and powering that uh, players will uh, kind of step on each other's toes. And I think one of the best things you can do uh, to get to know your, uh, your crew that you're playing with on any particular day is to know what they know. Like ask them, what are your expertise? What kinds of questions should I absolutely trust you on? Right. And that's something that comes with experience. But I think uh, letting people uh, letting people take the lead or letting people tell you what they're good at is a really helpful thing that will make them feel supported while you play with them. And you'll know, hey, this person is an expert on Renaissance art. I'm not going to answer this question. I have a, I have a guess. Or, yeah. But... Yeah. Right. They, they hear a question like I'm 50 percent sure. But there's a reason why Andrew isn't ringing in yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe I'm thinking of one thing, but mm -hmm. what I know is is very basic. So if he hasn't rung in yet, I might be missing something, and I'm going to wait for another clue. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe in trusting your teammates and their areas of expertise. And that that's something that we've, we've had teams in the past that had to overcome uh, a little bit and to varying degrees of success. Mm -hmm. And there, there is a terrifying team this year that has a Terminator that has picked up some friends, and we think that team's going to go very deep. Uh, we are, uh, we are uh, preparing for what that experience is going to be like of having someone who you know went from answering every question to they were able to take a little bit of that pressure off themselves and pick up a few teammates who are very good on their own and have their own specialties. And I think uh, sharing that burden across multiple people is going to be uh, something that makes that team very formidable. So speaking of the, the best teams in the country, I want to get into, I wanted to spend a couple minutes on the latest middle school national rankings, which is done by a group of big names in Quiz Bowl. This is uh, Atreo Bhattacharya from, uh, from California and Andrew Gao from Massachusetts. Our own Neve Seagal from Middlesex uh, was, was part of this list too. Devin Hagen from Longfellow and a few others. So they put out their rankings for March for the top teams in the country. And 
you can you can check out they they go through like hey this is what we do to rank them and stuff like that i want to know mr t i'm going to ask you a couple questions about them so sure. you haven't you haven't seen these rankings I have not seen okay the rankings at all. so i have them in front of me and i have no arguments with 1 2 and 3 okay no arguments with 1 2 and 3 I want to ask you, who do you think they've ranked number one? And I'm telling you, not a surprise. My feeling would be it's Chenery. Right. Like it's Andrew's Andrew's team. They finished second yep. in yeah. the country finishing, last year. Finishing second at Nationals as a Terminator is a already an incredible accomplishment. Uh, most teams would be incredibly happy to finish second at Nationals. Uh, and to, the fact that he's run it back, clearly taken – uh, some of the feedback from that, that what I think in his mind is a loss, uh, but for anyone else would be a huge win and said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to have a team and we're going to win it this year. Uh, it puts him in a really, really powerful position to, uh, to uh, be the, uh, you know, the, the person who, if everything goes the way that it should, if everyone plays at the top of their range, uh, he will win. Right. And it's not just, it's not just Andrew. Yeah. Andrew this year has uh, a bunch of friends <laughs> mm-hmm. on his team too. Number three, um, yeah, and uh, and no, they're they're fantastic. Um, Gregory is. It was one tournament they went to in um, Longfellow in uh, Virginia. They travel. They travel all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew averaged 102 points per game. Gregory averaged 101 and a half points per game. Wow. So this is not this. This is like I don't know if you can call it a Terminator if there are two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is an army. Yeah, this is Terminator two. Right. So, number one, Chenery. Okay. Where do you think they put Middlesex? Hmm. I want to say top five. You're right. Four. They yeah. Put Middlesex at four. Mm-hmm. So when I said, "Hey, I don't have a problem with the with the top three that that might be like a little knock against against my own team but maybe take it as a challenge those of you that actually listen exactly. to our podcast yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> the number two team on the list is cooper a from virginia and mm. if you look at their stats from nqt they're not particularly eye-popping and that's because they have a number of really good players that all haven't played in the same tournament other than this one online tournament and when they when they all played together, they played online against us. Game wasn't close. We, mm-hmm. we lost by several hundred points. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have uh, Cooper second from Virginia, Challenger Strawberry Park third, Middlesex fourth, and then Burley Manor A and B. Actually, it's B and A, fifth and sixth. Mazik from Kentucky is seven. Hopkins from California is eight. Sycamore uh, from, from Indiana is nine. And Oak Valley from uh california is 10 so that's uh that's their rankings and as i said it's hard to argue with their top three chenry cooper and challenger strawberry park all right mr t if i told you middlesex a would finish fourth in nationals and all i have to do is sign right here mm-hmm. it finished fourth would you take it yes i would yeah um i think uh Knowing the the variables uh, this year with all these incredibly strong teams, and I think just s- something that's been happening the last couple of years, which is 
uh, it is it is absolutely anyone's game um, when it comes to that final single elimination. Um, we had a team, for example, last year um, that uh, I think we finished one win above expectations and one team that finished one one question below expectations and Twice. that uh, that caused them to uh you know tie for 13th which as the coach of the b team i was pretty happy about um but uh i think uh at that point uh, i would I, w- I feel like fourth player fourth place would be really rewarding for my players i know that that would mean that they had a really uh, great tournament experience and my expectation would be that that fourth place was very close i don't think that it would be a route at any point um but i think they would uh that fourth place would reflect all of their hard work and you know uh i would i would take that yeah it's hard to argue with any of that well mr t if you want to finish fourth in nationals you know what you're gonna have to do uh buzz in and power some questions you are gonna have to power some questions and that is a perfect segue into this week's buzz phrase the guys at for 10 points want to help you answer for 15 points power a question with this episode's Buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase comes from the 2006 ACF Fall. Weapons for this event were supposed to be supplied by the German ship Liebau, disguised as the Norwegian trawler Aud. Upon learning that the Liebau had been scuttled, Chief of Staff McNeil sent orders to cancel the event, which delayed it by a day. The question goes on to mention. The important clues of Boland's Bakery, St. Stephen's Green, and the General Post Office and wants you to, for 10 points, name this Irish Rebellion, which took place in 1916. Here we're looking for the Easter Rising. Very appropriate, as Easter was just last weekend. Now this question doesn't mention the rise of the party Sinn Féin or allude to the famous poem by W.B. Yeats, but does have plenty here to dissect. The Easter Rising was a failed attempt by Irish citizens to rebel against the rule of the English crown. England was distracted, fighting the Germans in World War I, and the Irish thought they had a great opportunity to force England to fight on two fronts. In an effort to boost their chances, Irish nationalist and diplomat Roger Casement negotiated an arms deal with Germany. A total of around 20,000 rifles, 1 million rounds of ammunition, machine guns and explosives were going to be smuggled into Ireland. In order to get around the British Navy, the Germans were going to take a steamship, the SS Liebau, and disguise it as a Norwegian trawler, the SS Aud. Interestingly enough, the Liebau was actually built by the Wilson Line, a British shipping company from Hull, England, and was commissioned to the SS Castro. The Germans captured the Castro at the beginning of World War I in 1914 and renamed it. Before the Liebau could deliver the arms to the Irish rebels, it was discovered by the British Royal Navy. The crew decided to scuttle or sink the ship in an effort to keep the weapons away from the British. The Easter Rising was ultimately put down by the British after six days. However, this was the start of the Irish Revolutionary Period. The election of 1918 saw the radical Sinn Féin party take over and established an independent Irish Republic. The Irish War of Independence was fought from 1919 to 1921 and resulted with an Irish victory and a free Irish state. So the next time you hear a toss-up about the SS Liebau and they're looking for an event, you might think, the Liebau, that's odd, but buzz in anyway and say, the Easter Rising. Now, after 25 of these, you might think uh, uh, he's got to start to slow down. He can't 
you can't do this every time, but uh, you know, the Easter Rising was no celebration. It was a tragedy for many. Some might say that the Easter Rising was a harebrained scheme, quite an explosive event. But these leaders were not chickens. This important scramble for power, with the rebels determined to crack the hold of British rule, was no yoke. Thanks, Mr. T. That was uh, that was a lot. That was a lot to process. Yes. There. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Easter puns. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so this has been for 10 points the best podcast on the web for everything quizable related whether you're a player a coach or just trying to improve hopefully we have helped you get better Uh, this is Andrew Turiago signing off for Ken Romeo Uh, see you guys next time